Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. I am excited um, to talk, and when Evan, Evan asked me if I would, I thought of a million things that I would love to say. Um, but I Googled that, and it would apparently take 23 days to say a million things. <laughs> so um, since I'm probably going to have closer to 23 minutes, I, we'll see what we can do. Um, so therefore, if it's not a million things, I decided that a title would be the first slide, which says, How to Become an Empowered Mom in, in Five Easy Steps. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, well, there, that's okay. I wanted you to laugh because um, there's no five easy steps. That's a joke. Um, <laughs> all, the, uh, all the things that Eben read to us from that list, there are so many. There are stages of mothering. That's the next slide. There are stages of mothering. Those are the ones I thought of. He named a bunch of other things. And some of you are in more than one stage at the same time. Um, Adding to that, every one of you is a different individual with a different personality, a different temperament. Every one of your children is an individual with a different temperament and a different personality. So there's not a formula for mothering. There really isn't. I wish there was, but I would probably have failed anyhow. So, <laughs> so there's no formula. Um, so every child is different. You have to know your child, right? Um, I have only one child. He's here today, so I did ask him if I could talk about him. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so he was six or seven, and I decided that I would like him to make his bed every morning. That was a value I was raised with. It seemed like it ought to be continued in this generation. So I, so I thought, oh, incentives. Incentives are better than punishment, right? Incentives. So I said, I will give you a quarter every morning if you make your bed. If you don't make your bed, I will take a quarter away. The first morning, the first morning, he walked up to me with a quarter and said, I don't want to make my bed. (laughs) You have to know your kids. And and if they're smarter than you, you're in trouble. (laughs) So, so, um, <laughs> so I don't have any empowered mom stories. I have. <laughs> I I confess to not really thinking about the Holy Spirit very much at that point in time. Um, but I have a lot of mom stories, but they're not very empowered. Um, so, <laughs> so what in the world is my talk going to be about? Um, I was at a retreat 
a few weeks ago, and the woman there was talking about narrowing it down. What is the one thing? What is the one thing that God wants to say? And so what I, as I prayed about this, I felt like the one thing that I wanted to say to moms, and really all of you, is you're not alone. You are not alone. Um, we've been talking um, this series about being empowered, the Holy Spirit, doing the stuff the Spirit does. Um, and we talked a lot about the things and doing the things, but the fact is that the Spirit is in you, and you are not alone. Um, one group that I've been in, they put their hand here and they say, another lives in you. Another lives in you. Another being, the, the most amazing being in the universe, lives in you. So, um, God himself, the third person of the Trinity, lives in you if you are a follower of Jesus. So, so, but what does that mean, and what does that look like? Well, there were another, there were a million things again, but I'm I'm down to a, a few more less minutes, so no no million things. These are a few things. You can probably think of some others. Um, it means what we've been studying and what we've been uh, talking about on Wednesdays, Wednesday nights, and that is that you can do the stuff the Spirit does. But you can do the sp stuff the Spirit does for your children. You can speak a word to them. You can pray for healing. You can do spiritual warfare for their sake. You can battle for them. You can do those things for your children. That's one of the things it means. Yeah, it means all the... Yes, I'm getting there. Okay. Um, and it means that the Holy Spirit helps in our weakness. Um, Romans 8.26 says exactly that. The Holy Spirit helps in our weakness. Your needs can be met. You know, um, he knows who you are. He made you. And my favorite verse is this, Psalm 103, 13 and 14. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him, for he knows how weak we are, and he remembers we are only dust. So there are days in mothering when you're going to feel like dust on the floor, and you kind of just want somebody to sweep you up and be done. But the Holy Spirit is here, and he is not weak. And he has what you need. And he doesn't even expect you to do it on your own. In fact, a lot of times it's like, hey, uh, I'm here. Um, what are you doing? You know, he's with you. You are not alone. It also means that the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead is with you. 
The power is there when you have nothing. When you're completely drained and completely done, there's power. And his power doesn't have anything to do with your exhaustion. He's there. You are not alone. It means that you have... This is the next slide, by the way. It means that you have the paraclete. That's a Greek word, uh, but it's important because it can be translated so many different ways. Um, it can be translated advocate, comforter, encourager, and counselor. That's who's living in you. And he's an advocate for those of you who condemn yourselves. If your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. He knows all things. Um, he is the comforter for you, those of you who grieve the losses of motherhood that Eben talked about earlier. He's the encourager when you're discouraged as a mother. That happens, <laughs> as you know. And he gives you good counsel when you're confused. The third person of the Trinity is as close as your breath. He feels the pain of your loss. He understands what you're going through. You are not alone. It also means that you have the truth teller within you. Um, John 14, 16, and 17 are um, well, this is the verse that says the Father will give you an advocate who will never leave you and he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. So Truth is important also because we speak negatively to each other and we need to be reminded of who we are in Jesus and he is the one who brings us all truth. I also happen to believe that he can help you know when your children are telling you the truth. <laughs> if you ask him, I believe he can tell you. Um, so those are some of the things that it means. Um, and then uh, what it looks like, and those are only a few of the things that it means. There's so much. You know, you're, we're talking about God. God has so much. He has so much for each of you, for each of you moms, what you need. In any stage of parenting, um, but like I said, a million things takes too long. Um, so what does it look like? It looks like, some of the things it looks like, is involving your kids in doing the stuff the Spirit does. I said it, it, it means you can do it for them, yeah, but you can get them to do it too. And that's one of the things we do here at the Vineyard, which is so cool, is that we let the kids know that the Holy Spirit is the same size in them that it is in us. 
So, so let them do it. Let them pray for people. Notice the giftings that they have because they have them. What are they gifted to do? And they can move in the spirit just like we, we do. Affirm their attempts. That's one of the things I think it looks like. Um, it looks like it looks like freedom. Moms, you know, you have so much pressure on you, so much stress. There's so many things you're supposed to do now. Um, and there's, I think there's a lot of anxiety. Am I doing it all right? Uh, this is going to go wrong. Um, how can I keep up with all the things I'm supposed to do? But the Spirit brings freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And so there's freedom from anxiety. There's freedom from pressure, freedom from stress, freedom from perfectionism, freedom from guilt, freedom from shame. He, he wants to take all those things away from you. He wants you to be free. And he doesn't want you to be in bondage in any way. We put ourselves in bondage. God does not do that. Um, he, he, he wants us to be free. Um, I love this idea of, of calling, calling your children into being. Um, that's another thing that I think it looks like. Um, a lot of what I've studied has to do with early childhood stuff, with attachment issues, any of those things you know what any of that means. But one of the things God has uniquely gifted us to do as mothers is to call our children into being. Um, and when, you're, when your child is born, they have spent nine months inside you. They do not know that they are a separate being. That baby does not realize that she is a separate being from you. But that's what you call her, her out into being. By, by talking with her, by looking at her, by, by telling her who she is. One of the guys that I've read says that the, a baby is born looking for someone who is looking for them. And that's really a beautiful idea, I think. But babies are made to know faces. They, they, need, they need an adult brain. Babies do not self-soothe. They need a, an adult brain to soothe them. They, they, soothe, they learn to be soothed by being soothed. Um, so that's a thing that the Holy Spirit can call out of you because, because we need help to do that, you know, and he can do that. And um, so, so that's, just, that's just kind of a, that's an aside because that's something I'm really interested in, but that's something the Holy Spirit helps us do. And I think, you know, because you're not alone, it looks like letting go of control. Yeah, everybody, everybody wants, you know, you just want it to go right. You want it to be right. You want your kid to act right. You want everything. So I, I have another story for you. Ready, Ben? <laughs> so we were, we were practicing for the church Christmas program. 
not here, not at this church. Um, I don't know, Ben was nine, eight, I don't know. So the kids are on the stage, I'm watching, I'm not in charge, another lady's in charge, and they're messing around and they did it wrong, and she wants them to go back off the stage and come up again the way they were supposed to, because they're just all fooling around. They refused, all of them refused to go back down and, and come up again. And I was like, oh no, this is not happening, right? So I march up there, grab my son by the hand, and start walking down from the stage. And all of a sudden, he's on the floor in a heap. And I'm like, oh Lord, did I yank him off the stage? Did, he, did I do that? Am I that mom? <laughs> and um, I, was, I was embarrassed because he wasn't obeying. But then I was completely humiliated that I felt like I had yanked him off the stage and he fell on the floor. He told me later that he had jumped and that he, it didn't work and he fell on the floor. So <laughs> just, just for the record, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but I wanted, I was going to be in control of that situation. Um, as an aside, it really probably is not the best reason to punish your kids for embarrassing you. Um, you probably need to learn that, to handle that because they're going to embarrass you. Save, save punishments for something else. But um, I embarrassed myself, and uh, as I, it was not an empowered moment, <laughs> as you might guess. Um, and I think the Christmas program probably turned out okay. Um, and probably everyone did what they were supposed to do eventually. I don't even remember. But it turned out to be a good moment for me because I had to think about what I was doing. And one of the things I realized was that I expected him to be perfect. All of the other kids were refusing to come down too, right? But my child, oh no, he is not going to refuse. He's going to do it, you know. And, um, and I had to think about the fact that he was actually a really good kid. And I just kept wanting him to be perfect. So I think the Holy Spirit in you can help you ease up on those kind of things too. You don't have to be in control. You're not alone. You're not alone. God is watching out. Okay, God created your children. As Eben read, he knit them together in their mother's womb. I love that because, you know, knitting, well, it's not a thing I do. I do crocheting, but knitting looks a certain way when you look at it. And if you've ever looked at the structure of the DNA molecule, it looks like knitting. It looks like knitting. God is knitting your children together at the DNA level in, their, in your womb. He knows them. He put them here for a reason, and he's watching over them. And you can back up a little bit. So that's a good thing. When you realize you're not alone, it can look like that. I also think... It looks like listening before speaking. 
waiting for the prompts of the Holy Spirit before you proceed. Um, and I, I want to be careful here because I start. I, I didn't want to get into, like, you should do this because the last thing you need is a should and the last thing you need is another thing that someone thinks you ought to do. Um, but... In my experience, the voice of the Holy Spirit doesn't sound anything like the other voices that are in my head all the time. And it's really good if you can listen for it, if you can listen for that. And it says things that just kind of blow you away. And then you can move in the Spirit instead of in your own thoughts, which often go wrong, as I just told you. Um, So you're not alone. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And it means a lot of things. It means a tremendous amount of things. And it, and it can look like all sorts of different things in your family. But you have a resource that, you know, is unlimited. And, and, you, you, and you can use it. You can ask for things, ask. You have not because you ask not. You can ask, just be an asking person. We were never expected to do this on our own. None of us, not just moms, but none of us. So that's, a, that's 22 minutes, so I did that pretty well. Um, <laughs> No, 23 days. Um, but I want to read for you as a closing prayer the prayer that Paul prayed over the Christians in, Ephes in Ephesus. And that is Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. But if you'll just join me in prayer, this is for all of you. I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, 
forever and ever. Amen.